Hi there, Denise Drummond Dunn speaking from C3 Centricity. Glad you could join us. This week's blog post is called You're Not Competing in the Category You Think You Are and How to Find Out. Many of you know my seven-step cat site process for insight development. The first step is to identify the category in which you're competing. Now, I get so many questions about this step that I decided to dedicate a whole post and podcast to this important topic. But before I start, I suggest you first check out the post Customer Centricity is Today's Business Disruptor Insights Its Foundation. It will be great background for this article and you can find it on the C3 Centricity blog. You'll also find the description of the seven steps of the CatSight process included if you don't remember or don't know them. In that article, I summarize the very first step of insight development, that of category definition. And this is what I say. C for category. Whenever you want to develop insight, the first task is to decide on the category you want to study. Now, this may seem obvious to you, but I can tell you in many cases, it isn't as clear as you might think. For instance, suppose you're planning on launching a new fruit-flavoured soft drink. You may think that you're competing with other juices or perhaps other soft drinks. But rather than just assuming the category in which you're competing, I highly recommend that you check it out. You may be very surprised. In working with one client in just such a situation, we actually found that their main competitor were energy drinks. The reason was that this category is seen as being for lively, energetic, fun-loving people who need a boost. Whether this comes from the caffeine of an energy drink or from the added vitamins and minerals, which was my client's offer, it didn't seem to matter. If we'd only looked at other fruit-flavoured soft drinks, we would have missed a whole and much larger segment of category consumers. By starting our analysis, by looking at all beverages and then slowly zooming in as we learnt more, we were quickly able to discover that this perhaps surprising positioning for the new drink was appropriate. This shows the power of taking the consumer's perspective, especially when segmenting a market. But more about that in a moment. The example I've just given is a great start, but so many clients asked me to help them with their own category definitions that I decided to share the five most important steps that you can take to do it for yourself. So, Step one, what is the category definition you're currently using? In any process, we should always start by identifying where we are today. In the case of your category definition, it should be the one you think you're competing in at the moment. Depending upon whether you're offering a product or service, you might define it as follows. 
all hot beverage consumers or all users of a particular insurance service. All consumers of coffee or all people who've bought insurance for natural disasters. Or maybe you're more precise and you've specified all consumers of instant coffee powder or all house owners in Florida who have bought insurance for natural disasters. And one of the most precise definitions could be all consumers of instant coffee powder costing less than $2.50 per 100 grams. Or all owners of houses valued over $2 million in Florida who have bought insurance for natural disasters. As you can see from just these four examples, the last definitions are far more focused than the first ones. Hopefully, you can appreciate why targeting such precise groups of customers is more likely to meet with greater success than those wider, less specific groups that I first mentioned. The Zoom tool you decide to use, whether in or out, will depend upon whether you're looking to grow your brand through your marketing activities or planning to develop a new product or service offer. I call this zooming in and zooming out of a category. In general, understanding the category by zooming in is best for growth and precise targeting, whereas zooming out provides more opportunities for considering innovative new products and services. Now, take a look at your own current category definition. I bet it's too broad for successful use, isn't it? This is the mistake that most businesses make, whether they're big or small. They want to attract the largest number of consumers or users of a category, but as is often quoted, if you try to please everyone, you end up pleasing no one. The more precise you are in defining the group of customers you're trying to attract, the more focused will be your actions and communications, and the more successful you'll be. In addition, the tactics and strategies that you use are more likely to resonate with your target audience. Once you have identified the precise category in which you're playing, you next consider what is currently happening to it. Is it stable, growing or declining? And why? Understanding how the category is changing and more importantly why will help you to understand it better and will allow you to evaluate its attractiveness more precisely. For instance, is the category growing? If so, is it the leading brands which are increasing or are there new brands that were recently launched which explain this growth? Identifying which brands are growing and the reasons for this growth will enable you to take corrective actions. Is the category stable? Are category shares stable? Or are some brands gaining and others losing? Again, why?
What do the brands which are gaining have in common? What are the losing brands lacking? Are the changes making a difference to the category definition? Is the category declining? Are all major brands in the category losing or are some gaining at the expense of others but not maintaining overall category size? If so, what are the declining brands lacking? Where are customers who are leaving the category going to? Is there a new category which is better meeting their needs? And if so, how? And should you be targeting this new one instead? Your answers to these questions will help you to understand whether the category in which you're currently competing is going to remain as attractive as it is today. Step 3. How will this category change in the future? In addition to current category trends, you also need to assess what is likely to happen in the marketplace in the coming years and how this may impact it. Things are changing and changing fast these days. There is no more business as usual, especially since the COVID pandemic. Expecting the unexpected has become the norm, which is why I'm such a big fan of scenario planning. Industries are being disrupted and companies starting up and closing down at an ever-accelerating speed. According to a recent IMD article, a recent study by McKinsey found that the average lifespan of companies listed in the Standard & Poor's 500 was 61 years in 1958, but today it is less than 18 years. And McKinsey believes that by 2027, 75% of the companies currently quoted on the S&P 500 index will have disappeared. Of course, These numbers are likely to have changed significantly thanks to COVID-19 and most certainly not for the better in most industries. Understanding who and what will impact your category is the first step to preparing for the changes which could come. Preparing for likely future opportunities and risks is the second step and the reason scenario planning is so vital to ongoing business success. Step four, which of the category users are you attracting? This question surprises some people. They expect that once they've identified the category in which they're competing, they can just start trying to attract everyone in it. However, as the infamous quote from John Lydgate mentions, you can please some of the people all of the time. You can please all of the people some of the time, but you can't please all of the people all of the time. You therefore need to identify which of the category users would be most interested in what you have to offer. One of the many tools I use with my clients to help them 
to identify the best segment for their brands is the attractiveness and ability to win matrix, sometimes referred to as the BCG matrix. You can find more about it in the article How to Sell Less to More People, The Essentials of Segmentation. And you can find that on the C3 Centricity blog. The post provides a detailed explanation of how to divide all category users into relevant subgroups, which you can then plug in to the BCG matrix. Understanding which subgroup of all the category users you are most likely to appeal to with your offer is one further step in focusing on the very best target audience for your brand. Step 5. How are your customers changing? After identifying which category users you would be or are the most attracted to your offer, you also need to consider how this subgroup is changing. Is it increasing or decreasing in size? And how? And why is it changing? As with the category changes mentioned above, it is important that you target a viable and hopefully expanding group of customers. This can either be a currently growing segment or one that you have serious reason to believe will grow in the future thanks to positive trends and increasing customer sensitivities that you're following. If you find that the segment is growing or declining, you may still consider developing a plan to attract customers who are switching out with a separate or new offer. Now, there are many reasons why a segment may decline. The introduction of a new category segment that is taking customers away from your segment or natural decline because the customers are aging. Or behavioural changes that make the category less relevant and less attractive than it was in the past. Having identified how your customers are changing today, you then need to consider societal trends and their impact on your customers. That is the ultimate test to choosing the right group of category users for you to target. Conclusion. Going through these five steps will give you the very best understanding of the category in which you're competing, as well as the customers who make up the sub-segment that you decide to target. So, have you successfully mastered every suggested step? What have you forgotten? Is there something that maybe you'd like to add to this list? If so, then do let me know. Drop me an email at c3centricity.com. If you'd like help with your own projects or your team could do with training in one of the areas that I've mentioned, then please do go onto our website, c3centricity.com and check out our range of one-day Catalyst training sessions. You can also download brochures about each of them and then contact me for more details.
Thanks again for listening. Until next time, bye for now. <laughs>